The following podcast is for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed therein are not necessarily those of Canal Insurance Company. This information is not designed to replace, substitute, or supplement our clients' independent obligation to comply with any laws or regulations. Listeners should complete their own independent research in creation and development of their company's risk management and safety programs. Welcome to episode 13 of Holland Notes podcast by Canal Insurance Company. I'm Susan Ogle, Senior Loss Control Specialist in Risk Management Services at Canal Insurance Company. And this week I'm joined by Nicole Spelsey, Senior Liability Claims Adjuster with Canal. This week we're talking about the importance of timely claim reporting and how it creates a foundation for the most efficient and effective claim handling experience. With over 80 years in the industry, we at Canal know that keeping claims costs down is as important to you as it is to us. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nicole. Now let's get rolling. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing today? How are you? Great. Uh, Before we begin, do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? So I've been in claims for a total of about 15 years. I started in personal lines at Nationwide Insurance and then moved on to trucking and have been in tr- doing trucking claims for the past 13 years. I was previously with Great West Insurance and made the move to Canal about three and a half years ago. Excellent. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate that. So let's, let's just jump into this and let's start talking about some of the basics of loss reporting. What are some of the primary methods for reporting? So here at Canal, we report claims. We prefer reporting claims via phone. The other means of reporting a claim is the internet based. On our Canal site, there is a button on the top um, right hand of the screen. It says report a claim and then you have the option to report that in English or in Spanish. Okay. As far as what, what would be, what would you consider the best method and why would that be? I would consider the best method of reporting a claim is by phone. It that's because it's a single point of contact. We are able to, you're talking to a live person and you're able to get all the information you need at one time, rather than if you report it on the internet, you know, if the insured is responsible for putting all that information in, but if all the information isn't input into the system, we then have to call back and get any additional information we may need um, that's vital to the claim process. Okay, and what about a serious event? How should those be reported when we have a very serious claim? We recommend that all serious injury claims, environmental claims, anything that's catastrophic be reported uh, via phone so we could gather all the necessary information and we recommend that it's reported as soon as possible so we could get the appropriate people out to the scene to collect that evidence. I think that that's very important because of some of those things that are at the scene at the time I know that uh, Canal will dispatch different investigators and go to that region. And what are some of the things that they can preserve at that time at, for a serious accident? So 
if we're notified of the accident right away, we're able to make sure that we get an investigator out to get scene photos. If there's skin marks on the ground, we're able to take those pictures of those skin marks and get measurements. We're able to collect any debris that may have come off our trucks or our trailers at the scene and get measurements. We're able to talk to any witnesses that still may be around, talk to the officers and see what they've collected. And in serious losses or in cases of a, of a fatality, we may even be able to have one of our defense counsels go out to the scene so we can help preserve all of that information. Excellent. And this is why timeliness is so essential for your best interest as a canal insured to get that claim reported so that we can manage to collect all that information at that time. As far as once a claim has been submitted via either method, what are some of the items? Walk us, just walk us through that. What, what a process. When you guys get the claim, what sorts of information are you looking for from an insured? All right. So once we get the claim, the claim is distributed out to um, one of the adjusters, whether it be on our associate team, which generally handles probably um, the minor fender benders or two vehicle accidents without any injuries, or if it's more serious where there's an injury or a fatality, it will go to either a senior or one of our CCs, uh, sorry, CCU unit adjusters. When we get those claims, we will look at coverage, kind of verify that process, and then we make contacts out to our insureds. We want to talk to the insured immediately, make sure we gather all the information we can from them, for the police out, was there any photos taking at the scene, make sure we get good contact numbers for our drivers so we can get statements, see if there's any dash cam. One of the things I do when I talk to our insured is I let them know after I gather the, the necessary information for me to continue on with my investigation, I let them know that, hey, I'm going to send you an email that has a laundry list of items that we're going to need to collect so we could um, preserve that information and make sure we have everything from clearing coverage to being able to investigate. So we ask for like the registration of the tractor and the trailer. We try to get a copy of the bill of lading. We're going to need two weeks worth of logs from the driver, any photos the driver took at the scene. We want to make sure we get any dash cam footage from the accident. That is huge in, in different cases. You know, if you have a driver that's driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and slams on the brakes, without that dash cam footage, it's hard to prove that liability case without the actual video. You, you we tend to have a little word versus word with us against the person who stopped in front. But if you have that dash cam video, it helps us prove our liability and we're able to deny those claims. Um, and we're a lot more successful with that. We get police report information. We try to get the, the insured to send us the driver qualification file, which would include the driver's license, the medical card, any pre or post drug tests, and anything that's in that log uh, or that file. So we could see what kind of driver we have and what we're working with. Excellent. And I'll, I want to jump back on the Samsara or the cameras. And uh, Canal's preferred dash cam vendor is Samsara. 
who they they have over a million sensors deployed throughout their fleets. On on an average, over half of the customers that use dash cams, they exonerate their drivers. And I think that that's an important part. But along with Samsara, we do, being our preferred vendor with Canal, there is preferred pricing for Canal Insurance with Samsara. And as, as you were saying, Nicole, that camera footage can be so valuable. And I think that the other important part is either way, whether it does appear that the claim is our fault or not, either way, the dash cam video is extremely valuable because we can kind of get in there and know what we're dealing with right off the bat instead of hopefully people getting a lawyer, we can prevent that from happening. So the other part is with vehicle maintenance files and things like that that you collect, how important is a a vehicle maintenance and the organization of that file? How does that play into uh, claim? And how do you guys use that vehicle maintenance information? So we do request um, the vehicle maintenance, any inspections or pre-trips or post-trips records from the insured and the driver. Those come into more into effect when the file, when we have an attorney involved. We see attorneys tend to ask us to preserve all that information. They're looking for any little thing that they could get their little hands on to draw attention to our insured or to say that they didn't properly maintain their vehicle and that was part of the cause of the accident. So the pre-trips are huge. I mean, one of the things I do ask, especially when there's an accident involving a tire falling off, for example, did you do your pre-trip? Was there any work on the vehicle prior to this? And then keeping those records so you have them. So if something were like that were to happen, we could go back and say, well, this tire was worked on two days ago and we could kind of place fault on the shop that did that work. But without that information, we have nothing to go on. Perfect. Yeah, that's, and we find this when we go out to some of our insureds and we look at their driver qualification files, vehicle maintenance files, and also how this plays into their scores and things like that with their CSA so it's, it's all wrapped up together. As far as the communication with our insured right off the bat, I, I know that, and I read through a lot of claims files as we do some loss analysis here in RMS department, but what is the order that you folks like to see as far as the initial contact with our insured What's, what is, how does that look? Does it, you want to talk to the named insured first or driver next? How does that work for you folks? So the way I handle a file, once I get, get it, I try to reach out to the insured first. I want to talk to our insured. I want to make sure that the driver that was reported to us was driving was the one that they sent out and that they were under dispatch at the time the accident occurred. I want to get all that vital information from them. And then I reach out to the driver. I reconfirm that he was under dispatch at a load. We ask them if they have dash cam footage, if they took any photos, and then we get all the details. I personally rather talk to 
our insurance before I talk to the claimants or the other parties involved. Um, I want to make sure that I let them know who I am and make sure that they are not reaching out if an attorney's calling them on the other side and talking to them. So I kind of say, hey, my name is Nicole. I'm the claims handler for Canal. If anybody else reaches out to in regards to this accident besides your employer, please make sure you direct all those calls to me. I want to get to them before anybody else does. And then I contact the claimants and go through getting their statement and going from there. Yes. And, you know, when I do look at some of these claims, I see sometimes, and this is going to be my lead in for the next portion of this, is when you reach out to the insured and we don't have voicemail boxes that are set up. We don't have, we can't leave a message. We don't, or maybe we don't have the correct phone number. But I think that the important part is, you know, make sure that we have, we can build the foundation as we need it and make sure that we have the correct phone numbers. The voicemail boxes are available. They're accessible. And also when I've noticed a lot when you try to call a driver, they don't know that Canal Claims is going to be calling them. And it's so important, all of our insureds out there, please listen, that it's so important to tell your driver, Canal Claims will be contacting you. Make sure that you have your voicemail box set up, that it is available, it's accessible. The claims people call you and call them back. I think that our insureds even sometimes wait a little bit too long to respond back to canal claims and and it puts us a little bit behind and then you know several days go by and suddenly we're having to contact that claimant which is really your third choice in the in the line of contacting people but I, I can't stress enough that tell your drivers that we will be calling them and, and if, they, if they are driving at the time and they can't take the message, uh, they can't take the call, please expedite that call back to Canal Claims. Very, very important. And if the other thing is, if we're going to need an interpreter, I would like to have you tell us that on the, at the beginning, on the outset of the claim, and report that to our adjuster as well. But uh, Nicole, do you have anything to add to that at all? No, I'm just piggyback on what you said. A lot of times we get claims in, we have incorrect phone numbers for our insured or our driver, or the voicemails aren't set up, or the voicemails are full and we can't leave messages. That does delay the process. If we can't get a hold of our insured or our driver to find out where the accident is, I can't send anybody else out to the scene to get scene photos if anything was, you know, if I needed those. So it is very important that we have the correct telephone numbers and we have access to leave a message on your voicemail. The other thing is like email addresses. We have some email addresses that are incomplete when they come over to us. Um, so, I mean, that's, that is my last option when I'm reaching out to the insured. If I can't reach them and I see an email, I will email them, but correct contact numbers and access to a voicemail so we could actually leave a message is very important. Yes, I yeah, I read it so often in, in the in the notes for claims. And 
it, we can't stress that enough, really, uh, from from our perspective, being an insured, it is to your benefit. It, we want to help you. That's what you pay your insurance for, and you pay your premiums for us to help you. We are to benefit you, and we need to be able to do this the most efficient and effective way possible. When the other thing that I see from my perspective in risk management is drivers don't report their accidents to their safety officer or to the office. And this is not a, a problem that I see depending on the size of the account. It's, it's kind of universal. So it, the size of the account has really nothing much to do with the reporting. It, just doesn't get done sometimes. And I need them to understand, uh, all you listeners out there, that you, you have your orientation and your training and you tell drivers to report immediately to yourself. Uh, we do have the 888 number, as we talked about earlier. There are methods to do this immediately. What is also important is hold them accountable to to report. You can't have, you lose all of this valuable information when you have somebody reporting something four days later, or maybe they don't report at all and, and you're hearing from a claimant or a claimant attorney 30 days later. It's never going to be a good situation. When you generate a, a claim after so far afterwards, you are handling this in in a way that you lose all the information of who, what, when, where, how lost you lose witnesses, you lose everything, and you've got to go back and recreate all that work. Hold these drivers accountable for reporting immediately, even if. They don't think it is their fault. Never question liability. Turn it in immediately. And that was another thing. And I think Nicole could speak better to this, but how insurance laws vary from state to state. And even though you get into this fender bender and you think, well, hey, that's not my fault. Uh, they, they totally hit me. Well, Depending on the state and the circumstances, and there's there are so many different variables that way. Nicole, can you add on to that at all? Yeah, so it is very important that we get that the claims are reported as soon as it happens. You don't want to prejudice our investigation. For example, if you have an accident and you don't report it for 30 days later because you think you're not at fault for it, if there was video in the area, a lot of the storefronts, the banks, even the cameras from uh, DOTs, they only store their videos for 30 days and most of them are on a 30 day loop. So if you're reporting this to me on the 29th day, by the time I could get an adjuster out there, it's like the 33rd day and that video is gone. And that would be, could be the difference from us denying a claim and now having to accept liability or do a compromise settlement because we don't have that information that we could have if the claim was reported right away. And just like Susan stated, we, um, different states have different laws. 
in some states, if we are prejudiced and we didn't have the full ability to investigate the claim, it could be a denial of coverage and there could be no coverage for the loss. So you are really compromising your coverage by reporting the claim late. Okay. Yeah, no, thank you for that because uh, we know that some states are much tougher than others. And that is why we really ask everyone out there and drivers out there that might be listening, please just report the loss and get it into your folks at the office or use the 888 number that I'm sure is in all of your trucks. <laughs> so, you know, and, and there's one other thing. Um, I think that we've talked a lot about the, the hurdles of late reports, but from a risk management perspective, you know, yes, it is a late reported claim and Canal looks at all of that. But as far as your safety program, you, what you're doing is you have, you want to figure out what happened, you know, take some swift action after a loss. You want to look at your corrective action and you want to try to prevent this through certain correctives. And if you can't do it soon enough after a claim, a lot of folks just kind of lose interest. So you, you want to act on that as quickly and prudently as possible. I would like to add that with all new and renewal canal policyholders, they receive a, a welcome letter, and this includes the methods in which to report the 888 number and the internet. Those are the, the, the two key ways that you want to get that in right away. But coupled with that welcome letter is a statement of understanding we do ask that you sign and return this statement of understanding. And what this basically is saying that you, as a canal insured, read, you, you've read, you know, understand how to report losses, and you know the options, and you know your responsibilities. And you want basically to protect yourself and others against, you know, the, the claims process and the prejudicial uh, items that Nicole was mentioning, and you want to preserve the evidence. And also it states in there that you understand that regardless of fault, you want to report because it will help reduce the claim cost. And eventually when you reduce your claim costs, you're reducing your future premiums. So it's all hand in hand with getting this loss turned in promptly and quickly. One of the biggest hurdles we have is late reporting. Um, I cannot express how important it is to making sure those claims are filed and we have good contact information. It helps our claims process and us investigate the claims more efficiently because we're able to get to the scenes and get that information earlier, which when it's fresh in everybody's mind. Um, so, I mean, I would just emphasize to your drivers that when a claim comes in, regardless if they think they're at fault, regardless if we're going to end up paying, make sure that they just report it to Canal. It's more important that we get the information and you can report a claim as reporting only and we don't have to reach out to anybody else. We can just so we have it in the file and we have documentation that the accident did happen, but it is very important that we do get the claims filed in a timely manner. Getting those drivers to report if something closes at zero dollars, it is not counted against you. 
at your renewals. We just need the claim reported and that will get that on the books. It will not show as a late report if something does occur then later. But along with that, get these drivers and, and it's an accountability. It's just like anything else. It's like a pre-trip. You need to do certain things. Well, loss reporting and timely loss reporting is one of those things. And they need to be held accountable to that just like they are anything else and with their with their day-to-day. So when you do that, just instruct that driver base and any administrative support staff that early and um, timely claims reporting. Some of you, the person who's quote unquote responsible for reporting to Canal that's in the office, well, they're not going to be there 24-7 and you have to have a method and a, and a process in place at your office that if a loss is called in, maybe a driver calls it to dispatch, it's during the night, it's over the weekend. Well, that doesn't mean you wait until Monday morning. <laughs> you, you pick that claim up and you get it reported. There has to be a method in-house that you have, that you've already outlined, that you know who's responsible for that and get those support staff, maybe the dispatch to someone else on the off hours, but it makes it such an essential process. So I, I, would, I would look at it as when you do have this, this late report and Canal is calling you saying, why was this reported late? Because that's what we'll be doing. Maybe take that as an opportunity to do a little self-assessment in-house. How did this happen? Where is my gap? At, is it at my administrative level? Did my dispatch not pass it on? You know, what happened on the off hour or over the weekend that it didn't get reported timely? Just do a little self-assessment. Look in the mirror and see where you can actually improve and close that gap. So important. But as I'm, as I'm looking at this and I look at all the claims uh, so many times throughout a day, um, but the biggest thing is just don't assess reporting the claim on perceived liability, please. Just report immediately. We've got it on file then. And because we know that that lag time that you take to not report, you're going to let anybody else report, the claimant will report, a claimant attorney, the claimant carrier, someone else. I've had claimant's friends report. I mean, it's it kind of gets a little muddied at this point, but we don't want to cloud the details and the events. We just want it turned in as quickly as possible. Put these procedures in your in your new employee hiring packets, in your orientation. Make sure that you re-remind people and put this practice in throughout the year, even within the first couple of weeks, months of someone being on board, get them to understand that they need to report. And I think that we're, <laughs> we keep talking about this and the more that we talk about it, we still see it happen. So please, and take that disciplinary action as you need to with, with drivers who don't report, it's not going to go away. It will, it will surface. The other thing I want to alert drivers to 
is, and I know Nicole would really speak to this too, is somebody bumps into somebody at a truck stop and, oh, well, gee, oh, that's not a problem. Oh, yeah, it looks okay for me. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Let's shake on it and, and, you know, let's just do this between us. Okay, fine. Believe me, we're going to get a claim from the other party. It happens all day long and twice on Sunday. Uh, Nicole, can you affirm that for me? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that that's um, a weekly occurrence. Uh, don't <laughs> make that phone call to our insured and the driver, and they're like, well, who reported the claim? They stated that they weren't injured. And I was like, everybody says they're not injured when the accident happened. <laughs> it's after they get home and they talk to their buddy or their friends who tell them, oh, you could get money from this. And that's when we get the claim. So. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. It, it does. And Nicole, thanks so much for joining me today. It's just been a pleasure speaking with you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Susan. I enjoyed being here. Well, we hope all of you enjoyed our conversation today on these helpful tips on how to effectively and efficiently report claims as an insured. We appreciate it. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Hall & Notes. Want to make sure you never miss an episode of Hall & Notes? Head to the link in the show notes to sign up for email notifications.